Support for Radioactive's Punk Rock Farmer comes from Go Biochar. Farmer, it's the Who starting off radioactive here on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm Laura Jones, and my usual partner in Punk Rock Farmer Friday, Aldine Strick 9, 
has the weekend off. Coming up on the show, we've got Skywatcher Leo T. An update on what's to come during the fall season at the Downtown Farmers Market with Allison Enerson, Petapalooza with Callista Pearson from Salt Lake County Animal Services, and for the Urban Farm Report, we'll be checking in with PBS Utah's modern gardener, Ashley Swansong and Mary Beth Janerick of Wasatch Community Gardens teamed up for that series this year, and we'll get a couple of clips and find out more about what they learned going into people's backyards, just like Aldine's been doing all summer, too. And now for some fresh homegrown music with our featured artist tonight, Drew Danbury of the band Icarus Phoenix, which just put out a new album, and Drew is on Zoom with me. Drew, the the title alone had me. Tell us about No Tree Can Grow to Heaven Unless Its Roots Reach Down to Hell. I think I read it somewhere, and I really liked it. I just really liked it, Uh, and it's just a basic truth that I've experienced in my own life, and I feel like, I don't know, I guess it's self-explanatory to me. What do you think? I just really like it. It's that, you know, you can't know joy without sadness and all of that. You know, the yin and the yang of life. Yes. Um, I love that it's also out on cassette and download. So you're doing a little throwback to the 80s, and one of the songs we'll hear tonight is 80s Night. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk about where people can pick up your music, but it was Josely Paulette who said, hey, um, Icarus Phoenix has a new album out. I'll be opening for them when she was on last week. So I'm grateful that uh, she connected us. These first two songs we're going to play are off the new album, Anthem and Swim. Anything you want to say about these two songs as we get ready to play them? Again, I think they're self-explanatory, I hope. Yeah, I, I try and write songs that are, you don't need a follow-up. The the lyrics are there, right? Fresh and homegrown, it is Icarus Phoenix, and this first one's Anthem on KRCL 90.9.
Well, it may be small, but what you do, at least for you, makes a difference. And floodwaters rise, the uncontrolled tide is great for swimming, or maybe just float. This is Laura Jones from Radioactive inviting you to join me and upcycle some funky cassettes at Clever Octopus Saturday, September 25th from 1 to 3 p.m. Make one for you and one for KRCL during this Crafternoon workshop. Learn more and register today at cleveroctopus.org. New census data is out, and it's that once-in-a-decade time to redraw political boundaries. Find interactive tools and a schedule of public hearings online at uirc.utah.gov. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Cultures One Sky, Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up, look around, and let's get lost in space, huh? As we look into the west, we can do it from Earth here. Look at the orange-pink dusk. We can see bright Venus just above all this, which is getting just a bit higher every night. And looking south and east, the moon grows and hovers in the blue, moving toward the harvest moon on the 20th. The harvest moon in the northern hemisphere is the full moon closest to the autumnal equinox. This year, the autumnal equinox comes on September 22nd at 1.21 of the afternoon as summer officially slips into fall. And the moon, as it grows toward full, will be hanging near Jupiter and Saturn in the southeast. The solar system's biggest planets are still at their closest visual peak for the year. 
If you get up in the slick rock outside of Moab or by a river or a lake in the dark along the Wasatch Front, you might be able to pick out the moons of Jupiter with binoculars, even with the blazing moon nearby or even in the city. And the four visible Galilean moons change positions every night. Kind of fun to see what weird configuration the cosmic pool balls are going to be in next. And speaking of Jupiter, the big planet got whacked again. Southeastern Brazilian observer Jose Luis Pereira captured a bright flash on the solar system's largest planet Monday night, the 13th, witnessing the fiery evaporation of a space rock high in the Jovian atmosphere. Mr. Pereira watches the planets every night in southeastern Brazil and was filming this when it happened. Way to go. Jupiter gets smacked quite a bit, orbits close to the main asteroid belt, and has tremendous gravitational pull. You may remember this in July 1994, Comet Shoemaker-Levy 9, breaking up and the fragments tore apart holes in Jupiter that lasted for months. This opened a window below the cloud tops, and astronomers studied the impact sites, discovering a deeper understanding of the gas giant's atmospheric composition. On Skywatcher Leo T, it's many cultures, one sky. And let's visit Brazil, where everyone looks up and around. This from Beatriz Garcia from May 19, 2020, published in Aldea. In May of 2020, the Brazilian city of Maje, just north of Rio de Janeiro, made headlines for something as exciting as a sighting of orbs floating and disappearing and reappearing. Thousands of people witnessed and uploaded videos showing luminous orbs of blue, red, and yellow moving across the sky. Hmm. And from NASA, science history, the night sky is filled with stories. Cultures throughout history have projected some of their most enduring legends onto the stars above. This one is the Brazilian constellation of the Old Man, long recognized by the Tupi people of native Brazil. The Old Man is composed of the beautiful and sparkly strand of stars that run from a star cluster called the Hyades, it's in Taurus the Bull, running through Orion and on above to the Seven Sisters or Pleiades. Check out an image and a link to check that out and all the resources for this episode. So keep the imagination soaring, look up, look around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Thanks, Skywatcher Leo T. Check tonight's show notes for a link to Leo's Facebook page and catch up with him and his many cultures one sky reports still to come we're going to get a a read on what's going to happen for fall at the downtown farmer's market with allison enerson but first petapalooza is coming up and we haven't had cats on the uh, broadcast board in a while calista pearson is here from salt lake county animal services hi calista hello and we got in trouble for that so we did but the pictures were worth it (laughs) they were adorable so Petapalooza is coming up. Remind us what that's about. Uh, Petapalooza is this great you know, family pet-friendly event where you can bring your own dogs. You can also adopt a dog, a cat. We have adoptable rabbits, guinea pigs. There's other shelters that'll be there and rescues that'll be there with their adoptable pets. Um, not only is that, there's also vendors and just fun things to do with your own dog. There will be a pet psychic, a, um, a pet smart will be doing pet tattoos so that's pet-friendly you know, paint, um, and it washes off real easy. And then, uh, people can bring their dogs to run through our new agility run, which is super awesome. And then there'll be a lot of pet related vendors with fun stuff there to, you know, treat your pet and make them feel special, bling them out. So when and where is this? This is next Saturday, uh, September 25th from 10 AM to 4 PM at Salt Lake County Animal Services. That is 511 West. 3900 South in Salt Lake City. And um, it'll be primarily outside in front. We'll be fencing off the front, whole front part of the building. Um, so the most of the adoptable pets will be out there. There'll be a few inside the building as well. But um, masks are required inside the building. And 
but they are not required outside the building. You do Petapalooza every year, and it's a great event, but there are so many animals that need homes. What's been happening over the course of COVID? Um, you know, at first there was this huge, you know, everybody wanted to get a pet or foster a pet. And and as things have changed, you know, people have, you know, it's slowed down just a little bit. And this time of year, it usually does slow down. But there has been a steady, steady stream of people, you know, wanting to foster um, pets, but not necessarily always adopt, which is also great for us because we do appreciate foster homes and getting pets out into those homes. So, but the shelter is a busy place and we are seeing a lot more animals coming in that did not have the opportunity to probably meet with a trainer last year. And so there's a lot of naughty teenagers in the building is what we call them. Um, But with just a little bit of love and some training, they can be great family pets. And you have that uh, available during Petapalooza. I really like the pet psychic. What's that about? Jennifer Martin is a pet psychic, and she is wonderful and amazing. Even if you don't bring your pet, you show her a photo of them. And she can read your pet and tell you more about their personality and who they are and their you know, securities or insecurities. And she was just great. I've, I've had her do my pets before. And I usually have her just read the photo because I don't usually bring them to the events with me because I'm busy. Um, but she does a great job at reading pets and um, gives so much insight and really helps your relationship with your pet. Now, you said cats and dogs available for adoption at Petapalooza, but also bunnies. Anything else exotic? Um, we have a ton of guinea pigs right now. And some of them are baby guinea pigs. So they're a little bit littler. They're so adorable. You just want to stick stick them in like a front pocket in a shirt and keep them there. Where can people get more details on Petapalooza? They can visit our website at adoptutahpets.org and just click on the link and they'll find out more information. And yeah, it'll be a fun event. We hope to see a lot of people out there and people celebrating their pets and adopting pets. That's next Saturday. We'll put links in the show notes tonight, folks. Calista, thank you so much. Good to see you, even if it's only on Zoom. Thank you. Check tonight's show notes for a link to Petapalooza. Wednesday next week is the first day of fall, and it's my favorite time at any farmer's market, but in particular, the downtown farmer's market at Pioneer Park in Salt Lake City. Joining us is farmer's market empress, Allison Enerson. <laughs> hey, Allison, how are you? Hi, Laura. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, except I picked up a slight cold. Don't worry, folks. Did the test. Not COVID. But I'm glad we still have Zoom to make these shows happen. And by the way, if I didn't mention at the top of the show... Aldine has the week off. Punk Rock Farmer will return next week. Allison, uh, what happens at the market in fall? Is it kind of like this snowball of harvest? It is um, a really great time to be at the market. And it's <clears throat> it's always a, a transition because kids go back to school and people sort of start focusing in on work. And so attendance tends to go down a little bit. And it's it's too bad because it's really the best time to come to the market. Everything is available like literally everything except for maybe asparagus. <laughs> Pumpkins are coming on. The winter squash is starting to come on. The melons right now, Green Rivers, There's we've got so many great melon vendors, but the melons right this year are just incredible. And of course, tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and everything that you need. So, and the weather is beautiful. It was a little bit rainy last week, but it's going to be really beautiful. Um, get there early and you even can wear a sweater, which is nice. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. So what are you looking for at the market yourself this weekend? Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, I just pulled 40 pounds of tomatoes out of my garden. So <laughs> I'm not looking for a lot right now. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoarding melons for sure. Um, looking for the for the, some of the beginning. Oh, peaches right now are off the charts. People think peaches end in August, but we'll have peaches all through September. 
Um, the apples are starting to come on, which means it's truly fall. And uh, it's just a great time to be at the market right now. Onions and garlic and all that great stuff. So you can stock up at the farmer's market. And of course, you've got those double up bucks, right? Yeah, double up food bucks. If you have a SNAP card, if you receive EBT benefits, you can bring your card to the market. You get up to $30 in free double up food bucks, which are good only for fresh, uncut, unprocessed produce. So you can really stretch your dollar if you're um, if you've got a pandemic EBT card, if you are on EBT, come to the market. It's a great way to stretch your dollars and get a ton of fresh produce and really helps the farmers. It's it's a win win for everybody. Um, so we hope to see you there with your cards. We're doing we've we're doing, a, I think, almost twice in SNAP what we do in a normal year because so many more people got a benefit. So that is fantastic for us. Well, what have farmers been saying about the season so far this year? It's been busy. It's been, um, for some of them, higher sales than 2019, pre-COVID. So yeah. obviously last year was a lot smaller um, in size. This year we're really close to normal. Um, so the farmers are thrilled with the response to, to I mean, it's been a great year. I, I really am so grateful for our community for stepping up and supporting the market and um, supporting these farmers and vendors. And uh, I'm just, yeah, we're lucky. We're in a good place. Allison, thank you so much. What's the website where folks can get more details on the farmer's market and attending? slcfarmersmarket.org. And don't forget, you guys, we go all the way through October 23rd. So don't stop coming to the market, please. Thanks, Allison. We'll see you. Okay, thanks. Time for some more fresh and homegrown music from our featured artist tonight. And that's Drew Danbury, who recently moved to Cedar City. Why the move? Uh, survival. The housing crisis is real. And when my wife's job ended and the job she had lined up fell through and our landlord said, hey, move out. And there wasn't anywhere for us to move when we were living in Missoula, Montana. We kind of just said, where do you want to go? And I, of course, said Argentina. And she, of course, said Cedar City. And so we moved to Cedar City. How has life been during COVID besides the housing crisis? How you been uh, managing all that and still turning out this new album, No Tree Can Grow to Heaven Unless Its Roots Reach Down to Hell. Well, you know, I think like a lot of people, it's been really difficult. And I don't know. It's been great. It's been terrible. I, I, I guess a lot a lot of things in my life have been that, that way. Like, um, it's not easy to survive these days. And, you know, I've been working three jobs to try and make ends meet and just taking whatever work I can get, which is fine. Um, not a complaint. Happy to do happy to work hard. Um, but then, you know, like it, it doesn't make, it's just, it's tough to survive, you know? And yet you still found time to make some new music and get it recorded. Yeah. Well, I guess so. Yeah. I, I just, that's a big imperative for me. I don't, maybe my priorities are wrong or maybe they're right. I don't know. It's tough to say. That's kind of why I live to be able to share and create. And, and I feel lucky to be in a world where I can share and create and sing songs, whether it makes me money or not. Like I get to live in a world where I can make something and share it with the people that I love. And some of those people care and some of those people don't. And that's okay. So we're going to play two more here from the new album, 80s Night coming up, but this is Kill Holiday, fresh and homegrown from Icarus Phoenix on KRCL.
shine together Freedom to be Whatever you are You've made a lovely home Shelter from outside No desire to leave Why's it gotta be You feel alive with no KRCL, your community connection since 1979. Welcome back to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. It's Friday, so it's Punk Rock Farmer Friday, even when Al is out of town. He'll be back next week, folks.
But in the spirit of Aldine, we're going to take some garden tours with PBS Utah and the Modern Gardener series. It's a digital series found online at pbsutah.org, co-hosted by PBS Utah's Ashley Swansong and from Wasatch Community Gardens, Mary Beth Janerick. Here's that conversation. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Yes. And also your partner in Modern Gardener, Wasatch Community uh-huh. Gardens, we have Mary Beth Janerick. Hey, Mary Beth, how are you? Hi, everybody. Hey, before we get into this, I got to say congratulations. I saw that you and Al ribboned at the Utah State Fair, which is wrapping up this weekend. We did. I mean, you know, really more than half the battle is just showing up and entering. Um, <laughs> we uh, we didn't have as much competition this year as I would have liked. Um, I love it when the tables are full of entries and, um, you know, maybe it's a COVID thing, not really sure. The fair seemed pretty full, but the, the, there were very few ag exhibits. Um, not that our exhibits that ribboned weren't fabulous because they were, but, um, really, you know, I think Al and I are going to do some brainstorming, um, to try to get people excited about participating again. Um, it's really fun. And people that come and look at the exhibits really enjoy it. And so having more exhibits to see just makes it more interesting. Um, but yeah, we had a really good time. And then one night we stewarded the fair. We relieved the Tooele County Ag Agent of his uh, ag barn duties. And we hung out and answered questions and interacted with the public. And it was really fun. Oh, that is so cool. I can't wait to hear when Al gets back next week. But what did you get ribbons for? Describe it. Uh, I only entered two things. I entered my collard greens, um, one of my new, well, not new, but one of my favorite leafy greens, um, which I have here in my green smoothie that I'm drinking today. Mm. Uh, So I entered my collard greens and I got blue for that. And I entered the largest tomato. So our pink jazz that we sold at the Wasatch Community Garden Spring Plant Sale is capable of producing one plus pound fruits but I've gotten three fruits off that plant that weigh two pounds and a two pound tomato is, that is a big honking (laughs) tomato, you know, getting to the point where like, if you don't need to make a half gallon of gazpacho, what are you going to do with this? (laughs) um, I entered it and, you know, they spray it with this like toxic substance that's very shiny to help it not decompose during the course of the fair. So it looks extra beautiful and I got a blue ribbon for the largest tomato. I'm putting so, that in the show photo tonight. People congratulations. That was that was pretty fun. I've won that category previously. The last time I won it was in 2012 for a summer cider apricot tomato, um, which looked more like a pumpkin, but it really was a tomato. And that was also two pounds and won the blue. So, um, yeah, it's it's just fun. You know, the biggest mm-hmm. summer, Al entered biggest Armenian cucumber and he came in second um, we were both scowling when a woman walked in with one right after he put his on the table and hers was bigger. We're like, Argh. oh my gosh, <laughs> I found, I found some stealth Armenian cucumbers in my garden. I think I could have given Al and that woman a run for their money. So I'm in next year if I have a garden. <laughs> no, you sh- you really should. It is, it is a good time. It's just fun. And then, you know, we got to go and look at all the beautiful goats and the mm-hmm. pigs and, you know, the sheep and uh, all our barnyard friends. <laughs> so it's yeah. just a good time. I want to take We're Sam to that next year. There you go. The, My son. 
the uh, yeah I think he would love it the kids just have it, it's really for the kids yeah the fair mm-hmm. Well, the State Fair is still going on this weekend. Check tonight's show notes for a link. But Ashley, you're new to the uh, modern gardener family up there at PBS Utah. Yeah. Um, so Lizzie Burso was the uh, um, is the executive producer of Modern Gardener, and then I've stepped in um, as this year as host and producing some of the episodes. So Modern PBS Utah's Modern Gardener is a digital first series, meaning it's not broadcast on Channel Seven. It's distributed through our Modern Gardener webpage and YouTube channel. And we interview all kinds of gardeners and gardening experts like Mary Beth on all kinds of gardening topics and supply our viewers and our subscribers with educational um, gardening videos. Now, do you garden yourself? Yes, I actually have, well, I live in an apartment, but I have a plot with Wasatch Community Gardens at the Grateful Tomato Garden. And um, so I've been able to witness their whole transformation of um, that property and it's looking so beautiful. Yeah, that so, campus yeah. is coming along, Mary Beth, there on, what is it, uh, 7th or 8th, South and 6th East, right? Yep, it's, uh, the, the address is 629 East, 800 South, and we run the whole length of 8th South between Green Street at 645 uh, East and 600 East. Um, so it is fabulous. We have installed park strip plantings and plantings around our buildings, our administrative and garden staff um, offices, and uh, it is really coming together. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we're set to be on track to reintroduce in-person programming in 2022. So hands-on teaching in the gardens uh, and you know various events and things. So it's a super, super exciting time here. In the meantime, a lot to learn and share through the virtual 2021 Urban Garden and Farm Tour that Wasatch Community Garden did and PBS Utah's Modern Gardener also uh, tagging along to tell those stories. Ashley, we've got a couple clips. Which do you want to share first? Tell us a bit about this gardener. Yeah, let's start with um, Lori and Dave. That was our first tour this year. Growing food, farming is a practice in patience. We hope that this does inspire some people to see all the different things you can do and don't get overwhelmed. You just do a little bit at a time. You don't have to jump in. Just start and have fun. Hi everyone, I'm Ashley Swansong, host of Modern Gardener. And I'm Mary Beth Janerick, the Community Education Director for Wasatch Community Gardens. And this year, Mary Beth and I are very excited to bring to you Wasatch Community Gardens annual urban garden and farm tour. We meet local gardening enthusiasts who have spent countless hours developing their beautiful gardens. That's right. And not only will we show you around these specially selected gardens, but we'll also be sharing some great insights, tips, and inspiration to help you in case you'd like to apply those in your own garden. So let's go. Today we're at the home of Dave and Lori, longtime supporters of Wasatch Community Gardens. With over 30 years of gardening experience, they've learned a lot about how to successfully grow food. Their yard is split into two levels, an upper level and a bottom level that boasts a large array of fruits and vegetables. Along with their gardens, they keep bees and have chickens. Let's join Mary Beth as she finds out how they've turned their backyard into a haven for fruit trees and year-round food production. I am so excited to show everyone some of the amazing elements that you have here in your garden. You know, you've been here a long time. You purchased the house, I think in 93, um, but it didn't look like this then. how did you go about this process? I mean, it's ongoing. It's never ends. 
Um, when we moved in, there was lawn around the perimeter of 50-year-old degrading asphalt. So not the lush garden that it is today. Uh, no. <laughs> so how did you decide to expand into this part of your yard? We wanted to shrink our lawn because with the garden down below, we enjoyed the produce from it and that it was a functioning property. It provided food for us. And we're going, how can we expand that? Well, why don't we go take a look okay. at some of the fruit trees and these All different right. elements that we've okay. talked about. One of the highlights of Lori and Dave's garden is their large variety of fruit trees. From peach and apple to pluot and apram, they've continued to add new trees over the years. The one thing that we've tried to do is for our trees, our fruit trees, is not have everything come on all at, at the, the same, same time. time. So we have an early peach, so now we can, we can deal with that one. This comes on maybe a month later. Yeah. So our, that you're our, not inundated with fruit, exactly. overwhelmed with, with how to manage uh -huh. and exactly. all that fruit. The other thing that does also is that the flowers come on at different points in time. So one tree may get hit by a, a early frost or a late frost where the other tree doesn't. So you're not losing all of your crops. I like to call that diversifying your risk. Yes, in absolutely. The garden. Exactly. So that you're not as subject to any particular environmental insult, if yes. you will. Lori and Dave point out that you can expect to have fruit the first year. One thing they recommend is thinning your tree. If you want larger apricots or plums or something, thinning them out will give you a better product. How far apart do you thin you know, it depends upon how many, how much fruit is on that tree. So when you, you come and take a look at it saying, well, I don't have much on here. I don't have to thin it a lot. I'm just thinning enough so that those individual fruits that I do have, have space to grow. Well, you think about the weight of a full size peach yes. when you're ready to harvest, you know, that's gonna really that's weigh down the branch. Weight and you don't want those branches breaking. So. And you want to protect that investment in your tree. That's why you thin. You also get, if you don't thin every year, if you have a super heavy crop, you likely will not get any crop next year or a very much reduced crop the following year. It just spends so much energy. Right, right, right. But even when their fruit trees are dormant in winter, they're always utilizing the space they have and finding ways to extend the growing season. They have two hoop houses. In the winter, they cover their hoop houses and grow leafy greens. Each year, they sprinkle extra seeds in one of the beds so their chickens have what Lori calls their winter playground. But in the summer, they use the hoop houses as vertical growing spaces for crops like beans and cucumbers. I do rotate things. I don't, you know, it's not year after year having the same crop in the same space. And not everything's a home run. I, you have failures, you have successes. Some things you can have all the soil tests and all the right, what you think are the right circumstances and you know, it's like for some reason that seed doesn't want to germinate or that or plant doesn't want to be there. Or we have environmental challenges like True, our, like the heat The now. heat wave, very, very little rain. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, this structure is a, is a great way to inspire people to think about growing year round, you know, and, and having that opportunity for fresh produce in the yes. winter. And these climbing structures for growing vertically are so important and they small. Are spaces you just kind of get more bang for your buck if you're true if your um, crops are growing vertically instead of sprawling it gives us options that we wouldn't have otherwise that's the nice thing about trying to build as much versatility into our garden space as possible laurie and dave harvest more than they can eat every summer and are big fans of food preservation they dehydrate can and freeze the food they grow 
so they can enjoy it no matter what time of year it is. Look at this collection. I started drying fruit in the 70s in college. You know how your car sits out in the summer and it gets warm? So I would just lay a sheet out and put a bunch of apricots that I would go pick from friends' houses. And I could dry or can fruit and move it, you know, like you do. So you started building that skill set and kind of incorporating that into who you are and how you live. You're not just home gardeners. You're, you're really eating from your garden year round. And what is going on with these grape leaves? I use grape leaves to make enchiladas or tamales. Oh, to, oh, to wrap. To wrap them, and then you can just eat the whole little packet. But so. now if it's January and you're in the mood for enchiladas um, and your grapes are out here dormant, it looks like you have a backup plan. I do. I just take a stack of them, usually between 12 and 20, whatever I want, and then I just roll them, you know? And, and save them for winter. And save them for winter. One thing like during the winter is to try and eat something out of the garden every day. It's or multiple things. Or multiple things. So it's usually, a challenge. Usually, usually like, you can't hmm. get away with just one. There are folks watching that, that are looking at this thinking, I could never do all this. But you know, you can do one thing this year. Maybe you can take uh, a canning class and learn how to can your tomatoes. Or um, if that's not, um, you know, in your budget to, you know, purchase the jars and purchase the lids and, and pay the tuition for the class. Maybe you just make tomato sauce on your stove. Maybe you don't have fruit trees, but you go to a farmer's market and take advantage of the fresh fruit that other people have grown. And then you put it away, you know, so you can preserve without growing too. But this is, it's just so exciting to, to see your passion and excitement and all of this food. You put a lot of effort into it. You put water on it and you see it grow. It's like, so how are we going to use as much of this as possible? It makes you really appreciate when you're putting in all that effort, how, how valuable each berry is, how mm -hmm. valuable each pluot is. Yes. Um, and then you get to savor and enjoy that year round. Thank you so much, Lori and Dave, for showing us all of the food that you preserve in this beautiful space. We hope that this does inspire some people to see all the different things you can do and don't get overwhelmed. And you don't have to spend a ton of money either. Just start and have fun. So Lori and Dave, um, uh, just a, a couple, literally, of mm -hmm. the folks in the PBS Utah Modern Gardener series this year. And also, Misty and Alan shared some of what they learned. Here's that clip. Misty, could you tell us a little bit about your work with monarch butterflies? We have a registered monarch way station. A registered monarch way station? Yes, which means we provide food sources, nectar sources, and sort of other, other things in a habitat that would help them on their migration journey. Can you explain why it's important to support the monarchs? So in our research, we discovered that a huge percentage of their food source has been completely decimated. So they just don't have access to what they need in order to migrate. So we just thought any little bit that we can do, even if our space is so small, it, it will help. So Misty and Alan Ashley, uh, another couple on the Urban Garden and Farm Tour with Wasatch Community Gardens and, PP and PBS Utah's Modern Gardener. Folks eager to open up their gardens to you all? Yeah, um, but we, we only did three. We did five tours last year. What we do is sort of, um, you know, we have our 
hands out in the community, our eyes out in the community. And so we have a sense of who has really interesting gardens that represent key features that a lot of people could relate to and learn from and be inspired by. So, you know, we uh, go out into the community and visit folks' gardens in the fall. We're about to do that um, in anticipation of, you know, future years. So we have a couple of really fun gardens lined up to visit. And then we just kind of decide, okay, how do we strike a good balance of these garden features? So, for example, mm -hmm. you know, Misty and Alan uh, we're, are really into bees and butterflies and beneficial, you know, other beneficial insects. Um, and so that was a key feature that they could bring to the table this year. Mm -hmm. Whereas Dave and Lori, uh, you know, they have backgrounds in forestry. So of course they love trees and, uh, specifically they love fruit trees. So they were able to sort of, you know, even though they also deal with beneficials and, you know, plant, uh, nectar and pollen producing plants for beneficials. The, the feature that we really wanted to talk about with them was the fruit trees and their food preservation. Mm -hmm. So well, we try to be really thoughtful about what each tour can contribute meaningfully. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't just have a lot of overlap because everyone's growing tomatoes and so how do we make this really interesting and inspiring? Yeah, there's a lot to learn, I think, from gardener to gardener. And I like the different levels of expertise or lack thereof that, that get highlighted in the series. Um, in this last clip we're going to feature, it's the last episode, and it really underlines the partnership that we have in Utah to create sustainable foodscapes between PBS, Utah's Modern Gardener, Wasatch Community Gardens, New Roots, and IRC in Salt Lake City. Um, can one of you tell us about Gopal before we play this clip here? Yeah, Gopal is um, part of the um, international Salt Lake City's International Rescue Committee's New Roots program, and he's a New Roots uh, gardener. And he has um, his New Roots garden plot at Harmony Park Community Garden, which is both a, a garden for Wasatch Community Garden gardeners as well as New Roots gardeners. And um, Gopal just grows some pretty interesting rare things in his garden that you don't normally see or things that might be hard to get seeds for. And um, so he kind of just showed us three of these staples that he uses in um, his everyday cooking, basically. Uh, peppers are like everyday life for us. Without peppers, you won't get any taste. So you put, uh, like depending upon how hot you want it. Like for me, I especially prefer four to five. Like if I make a curry, I prefer four to five. Gopal and his family have been gardening at Harmony Park for about four years. I love Harmony Gardens because uh, I can grow whatever the crops I want, uh, either from my country or if I need a different taste, I can try a different one. Gopal takes pride in his traditional Bhutanese cuisine. What is this vegetable here? This is called uh, saag. Uh, I just take up the leaves. I can cook it in my, uh, as a vegetable and mix with some other ingredients. Or I can take the leaves uh, when they are this big and then just wash it before you dry it in the sun, maybe two to four hours. And then you just uh, take it out and then put it in the container with the daikon. 
when you leave it in the container for 14 to 18 days, oh. you won't go uh, longer than 18 days. Otherwise, uh, it will be all rotten and you don't want to smell those bad smells. <laughs> you just put it in the trash. <laughs> so after like uh, 14 to 18 days, when you take it out, and then finally you will uh, uh, have one of these produce like this, and this is good enough for a couple of years. Yes. And so. You can smell it right through the bag. Yeah. And that's Gopal, featured on the most recent and final episode of this season's PBS Utah's Modern Gardener. And Mary Beth Janerick of Wasatch Community Gardens involved in these episodes. Tell us about Gopal. Did you just have a blast finding out what he grows and how he cooks it? I did. I mean, he is just such an incredibly um, genuine, authentically caring, um, fun guy. Uh, He is from Bhutan. And so as Ashley mentioned, you know, he grows things and eats things that are unfamiliar to me and to many gardeners here in Utah. Um, So he showed us the the super hot Thai chilies. You know, I can handle very small doses of things like jalapenos and serranos and, you know, Anaheim's are really my lane for hot peppers. Um, But each one of these little tiny red uh, Thai chilies would, I mean, probably send me to the hospital. So, but they're, they're routinely used in their cooking to flavor things. It's like their foods to them don't really have much flavor if they don't have this punch from the Thai chilies. So that was a big one that he, um, introduced us to. And the other one that is super cool is African eggplants. So I feel like I went to the eggplant Academy trying to make this episode. I I grow eggplant. I eat eggplant. I like eggplant, but man, I never knew this much about eggplants before. It, It is, it is an incredibly heartwarming episode you know, all three of them are great. Our five that we did last year were great, but mm-hmm. boy, everybody watches this because it just is so engaging, um, yeah. you know, to meet a new American and see how he and his family benefit from having access to this land and the ability to grow what they want to grow and eat. Yeah. The new roots program is really successful. They, um, the, the, it's a really cool program. They've got two large farms but then they've got all of these community gardeners like Gopal within the New Roots program. And they um, the whole goal is to get them to successfully garden and enjoy in fresh organic produce and supplement supplemental food sources. And so they supply seeds that the that these folks would want to grow and eat. Well, it's a fantastic episode, and we'll put a link in tonight's show notes so folks can check out the whole episode. We only had time for a brief passage there, and I'm really appreciative that you jumped on to share the story of this season of PBS Utah's Modern Gardener, Ashley Swansong. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. And Mary Beth Janerick, Wasatch Community Gardens. Love you, always. Oh, back at you. Thank you so much for uh, getting the word out about this. Mary Beth Janerick of Wasatch Community Gardens, a partner with Ashley Swansong for PBS Utah's Modern Gardener. Check tonight's show notes for a link to this season's webisodes. And that's our show. I'm Laura Jones. Aldine Strict 9 KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer will be back next week. But we have time for one more song from tonight's featured artist, Drew Danbury of Icarus Phoenix.
which just put out, no tree can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. Drew, you you got some gigs coming in, up. In fact, you're going to be playing the Tree Fort Festival up in uh, Idaho, isn't it? Yes, I'm very lucky about that. I'm very excited. And then on the 24th, we play Free Cycles in Missoula, Montana. It's our hometown show. The band originally formed in Missoula, Montana, so we're really excited to get the original band back together and play this album that we recorded a year ago. And then we're playing in Salmon, Idaho the day after that on September 25th. And then we're playing around Cedar City on October 2nd. October 9th, we're playing in Salt Lake uh, for an Oktoberfest. And then I'm playing in Providence, Rhode Island, October 15th. And potentially Mesa, Arizona, October 23rd. Wonderful. We'll put a link in tonight's show notes so people can catch up with you. But is there a particular website we can send folks to to pick up this cassette, No Tree Can Grow to Heaven Unless Its Roots Reach Down to Hell? Of course, it's a limited edition. There is digital download, folks. Yes, there is a digital download. But um, I would I would suggest going to drewdanbury.bandcamp.com or I have a cassette tape label with other projects called Talos Tapes, T-E-L-O-S, tapes.bandcamp.com. We will put all those links in the show notes tonight. Be safe on the road. Have some great gigs, okay? Thank you so much. This is all the same from Drew Danbury's band Icarus Phoenix, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9. When I find myself in suffering, when I find myself in Am I guilty of dishonor? Can I find another way? I can see the writing on walls I can see through crystal glass I can see the shrouded future I can see it through the past But when I turn all the Draw 